So we are one church, but having many locations, with each location uh, catering to more than 3,000 people. Why five locations at least? So that people can go to the one that's closest to them. The north, they'll go to the north church. The south, they go to the south church and so on. They go to the one that's closest to them. And now if you need to go grow beyond five locations, we can do that. There's no restriction on it. Uh, as a step in that direction, we've appointed associate pastors. Uh, pastor Jacob is the associate pastor of the south. Stephen Benny is uh, associate pastor of the central church. And you know, we'll continue to grow this pastor, associate pastoral team. People are involved in the pastoral ministry, in the teaching ministry of the word, and ministering to people. We'll grow that so that as the numbers increase, there'll be more people to really pastor the people and uh, minister to them and, uh, uh, in each location. Now, the church plants, as, pa- as part of being a voice to the nation, one of the things we're doing, not the only thing, but one of the things we're doing is planting churches around our country. So right now, we have at least six locations, six locations outside of Bangalore. Uh, many of you know that. We have uh, uh, Mangalore and Kalyan and uh, uh, near Mumbai, Wysak, Barampur, Assam, and Nagpur. Uh, we plant uh, churches around our country, and we want to see that numbers increase. And hopefully, you know, in time to come, we'll have hundreds of church plants all across our nation people, um, churches that are really impacting and influencing their region, their community, wherever they have been planted. So that's one of the ways of being a voice to our nation, not the only way. And we also have church plants outside of India. Uh, Manoj Thami in Kathmandu is doing a work there. And two house churches, one in Doha, Qatar, and one in uh, Lima, Peru. Uh, the Doha and uh, Lima have actually started by people who have moved there because of jobs. And they've started work in their homes. And we're doing that. And, and as more people go out from here and feel a, a burden, a vision to say, you know, I want to plant a church, uh, God will use you. Amen? You know that in the early church, churches were started by believers who were scattered from Jerusalem. The apostles relaxed in Jerusalem. And the churches in Antioch and all of the places were not started by the apostles. They were started by believers who were scattered out of Jerusalem because of the persecution. Amen? Now, in, in our modern time, God may scatter people out from here for other reasons. Maybe jobs, maybe marriage, maybe whatever reason. You go out of Bangalore, but then you carry something in your heart that says, I want to pioneer a work and we get behind you and help plant a church there. Amen? So that's how some of the churches have been started. Now, what we do as, as a church is this, that uh, we do not adopt churches. Rather, we plant churches. And we always get requests by many people saying, you know, I'd like to be part of all, all people's church and all that. We do not adopt churches. If they're existing churches, we try to give, help them in some way. But we like to plant a church. All our outreach churches are churches that we have planted by people going out from here. There's only one time we tried to adopt the church and really didn't work out. And uh, we, we discontinued that. So all our outreach churches are churches that we plant. We start from scratch. And so many of them are young, but we're encouraging them, supporting them from here. In 2009, Athobo, our, um, uh, who's our warden for the Bible College, uh, uh, he will be going to uh, Dimapur sometime in March or April and starting All People's Church, Dimapur, uh, in Agaland. And uh, as more people feel led by the Lord, 2009, we'll plant more churches uh, in India and if the Lord directs outside. Now, as a church, our core focus has been and continues to be to build people in the Word of God and in the Spirit. That's been our core focus. We want to build, strengthen God's people in the Word, in the Spirit. Equip every believer. uh, Equip them and release or activate them to fulfill God's purpose for their lives. So we want God's people to be equipped in the Word, built up in the Word, and then find their calling and be released into it. Fulfill it. God has a plan and a purpose for every person. Amen? He has a plan and a purpose for you. 
And all people search should be a place that will where you can be equipped and helped to discover that purpose and released into it so that you can fulfill that ministry, whether it's in the church or outside the church. And now, you know, this morning as you listen to me, say, oh gosh, oh, I wish I didn't come here this morning. No, no, no. I want you to be open because I'm praying that this will not just be, you know, like some management lecture or something, but I believe that this will be the sounding of a trumpet, a call to action. Amen. I'm praying that you will feel a tug in your spirit that by the time we're done, there'll be something in your spirit that stirs you up and says, I've got to do something for God in 2009. Amen. So open, uh, listen with an open heart and open mind here this morning. You know, our core values as a church uh, has been to be word, to be word based and spirit led. So we emphasize a lot on the word of God and be open to the leading and the dimensions and the workings of the Holy Spirit. I love God and love people. Another important value here that all people search is that every believer is a minister. Every believer is a minister. All of you are ministers of God or servants of God. You're in different stages of growth and development in that area, but you are a minister of God. God has a ministry for you. We value integrity, excellence, and kingdom-mindedness. We want every person to be kingdom-minded. Not just all people's church-minded. We are bigger than all people's church. We are kingdom-minded. Amen. We seek first the kingdom of God, not all people's church. Amen. So we are kingdom-minded. We like to work with other people. like to um, uh, uh, work with other churches and ministries and so on. And our culture is casual, contemporary, relevant. So you can come in jeans and t-shirt and we won't consider you a sinner. You know. Just be casual. Be contemporary, be relevant to our world, bring the word of God in a way that today people living in today's world can relate to. They should understand, speak their language. Amen? And uh, communicate to them in a way that, they, that the word uh, that addresses um, their, their, immediate, their real life situations. So where do we decide to go? Now what I want to do is just address different areas of the church and uh, talk about them. Now, in November of last year, our pastors, the ministry leaders, we got together. We did a lot of planning. And every pastor, every leader has specific goals and plans for their own min- areas of ministry. And I won't be able to get into that. We don't have time for it. So I'm kind of going to just give a little high-level a- idea of where we're going, what we want to do in different areas of ministry. So that we can all understand where we're going together as a church. Now, let me just talk about church growth first. And uh, then I'll talk about our Sunday services and then go on from there to different areas. You know, as a church, we want to grow both spiritually and numerically. Both spiritually and numerically. Now, spiritually, we want every person in this church family to be really, really strong in the Lord. Amen? To be strong in the Spirit. To be strong in the Word of God. To be grounded, deeply rooted in the word. And to be strong in the things of the Holy Spirit. We want every person to be like that. Amen. You know, we need, and I don't mean to put anybody down this morning. If this is happening to you, don't, don't think I'm upset, not at all. But the fact is, we need to move beyond this thing of, you know, I'm still struggling to read my Bible. I'm still struggling to pray. I mean, that's old, old, old story. That's four years ago, you know, you're struggling to read your Bible. So you pray. Hey, today you've got to be strong in the Lord. You need, to have a, you, you need to be in a place where you're consistent, walk with God. Uh, you need to have to commune with God, receive His Word, be in the Spirit. Amen? I mean, you know, five years down the line, we ask, how are you doing? Yeah, now I'm just managing to read my Bible twice a week and I pray once a month. I mean, come on, let's get over all that. Amen? 
How long are you going to be in that state? Hebrews 6 says, let us lay aside the first principles and let us move on to maturity. Amen. It's high time we got past this thing of, you know, I'm struggling to read the word, I'm struggling to pray, and I'm trying, come on, come on, come on, come on. It's high time we got over all that. We need to raise up people who are strong in the Lord. Amen. I'm not putting you down if you're struggling with that, but I'm saying we need to go past it and get out of it very quickly. Get out of babyhood and press on into maturity. So we want to see people who are strong in the word, strong in the spirit, past this elementary stage of Christianity, go through it, build them up. And so you know, our foundations classes are there to help you uh, build up your strong foundation and discipline yourself and become strong in the Lord. You know, if you are somebody who's going to accomplish anything, there's a price to pay for it. Amen? See, if you want to be an athlete, you can't go to the gym once a week and run once a week, and then expect to, you know, be a world-class champion. If you want to be an athlete, you want to make a mark on history. I mean, those guys train three hours in the morning, three hours in the evening minimum. They watch their diet, what they eat, uh, very strict. Why? Because they want to make a mark. So what kind of a believer are you? What kind of a believer do you want to be? It's your choice. But at here, in all people's church, we want to raise up people who will make a mark on history. There's a price to pay. You've got to be disciplined in the word, in the spirit. And it just got to become, come to a place where it's normal. It's no longer a struggle. You're walking that way. It's just part of the way you live your Christian life. Um, we want to be a church where we are, uh, where, you know, we, uh, we uh, are naturally supernatural. The supernatural will become a part of our daily life. We want to see the miraculous happening. That's part of our Christianity or our walk with God, it's supposed to be there. We want to bring it back in and, and see people, all of us, being naturally supernatural. We want to be a prophetic church, a church where every believer can hear from God. Amen. You know how to hear the voice of God. Every believer being part of, walking in this, a prophetic church. We know the mind of God, the now word of God. And we want to be an apostolic church, a church where every believer is, is, is ready to pioneer. An apostolic church is a church that is willing to go be on the forefront, pioneer, break new ground, invade new territory for the kingdom of God. And we want everyone in the church to be, have that mindset, an apostolic mindset, so that when God speaks to you, you have no hesitation in getting up and going and saying, okay, God, what are you telling me to do? I'll do it. Amen? Some of you might be rethinking, now, which church should I go to now? <laughs> Relax. But that's what we want to be in the spirit. Now, numerically, we want to grow. Now, here's the sad part. You know, that as a church, the average attendance that we had at the end of 2007 and the average attendance towards the end of 2008 has remained the same. About 550 people in our English congregation. Now, the numbers in attendance will be a little more, but the average attendance... End of 2007, end of 2008 has not changed. Means we're not doing too well. I know there's been migration, meaning people leave and they travel out, they move out of, um, out of city, out of town, so on and so forth. But this is not good. Means that in the entire course, the course of an entire year, we've really not added people to the kingdom of God to be discipled in this church. In the course of an entire year. Not good. Tell a neighbor, not good. We must get into a mode where we begin to see rapid growth and expansion. Are you all ready for it? We must get into a mode where we are going to see rapid growth and 
expense starting today, right? No more stagnation. We can't, you know, it, we shouldn't come end of 2009 and just be the same average attendance. Cannot be that way. We must grow. And it's going to happen because of you and me doing it. So we have an overall vision to reach 50,000 people. And we, you know, we better move on that journey. Now, here's the target I want to set for our central church. Uh, I had a different target for the South Church. But for the central church, by the end of this year, I want the average attendance of this congregation, Central Church, to be 1,000 people. Can we do that? I think we can. 1,000 people, this congregation, by the end of December this year. Now, you and I are going to make it happen. Which means that every person, on an average, has to reach at least three people. That's all. The whole year, at least three people. Lead them to the Lord, disciple them, get them planted in the house of God. Just three people. If we do that, we will easily cross the thousand barrier this year. Can we all do that? Start praying. You say pray. Start praying. Say, God, use me to bring at least three people to the Lord to disciple them this year. Bring them into the house of God. Start praying. Asking the Lord, we've got to see this church grow. When you pray for this church, you begin to proclaim. All people's church, Bangalore Central has at least 1,000 people in attendance. Yonggi Cho has a powerful testimony how God taught him to raise the numbers in his congregation. You now God said, Yonggi, see 10,000 people. So he began to ask, Lord, I need 10,000 people every month. And 10,000 people were added on a monthly basis in this congregation. Built the world's largest congregation, more than 700,000 people. Now you and I can get to 1,000 people by the end of this year if all of us do our part. Let's all say this together. All of us do our part. If you're a visitor, God bless you. Uh, but for all those members here, a part of this congregation, you know, all of us do a part. If we can grow this church, this congregation, thousand people. Now you might say, "No, where are we going to fit everybody?" Don't worry about that. Okay, we have an extra hall upstairs. CCTV can be done. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure that out. But let's get thousand people in this year. Grow to a one thousand people congregation. This congregation, the South. We have set a target of two hundred people. We're averaging around 70 people there. So we said we have hit 200 by the end of the year. So these are only modest targets, but I believe we can. Now each one of us, share your story. Memorize those scriptures on share your story. Be ready uh, to tell people about Jesus in your circle of influence. Pray that God will use you. Begin to pray for people in your circle of influence. Be ready to share the gospel. Maintain a good testimony because that's important. That gives you a platform to speak into people's lives. Build relationships. Build friendships. But go after this very purposefully. At least three new people I must bring into the house of the Lord this year. Amen? Now, about our Sunday services, I'm just going to quickly touch on different areas of ministry here and where we're going. In our Sunday services, a lot of what, ha what happens on our Sunday services is because of volunteers. The worship team, volunteers, um, the media team, the visitors welcome, the book table, the information desk, um, the just to some the ushers, uh, people who set up and take down, all, most, almost all of them are volunteers doing this. Amen? Let's give all our volunteers a good hand. God bless you. Which means that if you want to volunteer, there's plenty of places where you can plug in. Just get into one of these areas. Say, hey, I want to help out in church, you know. I want to do something here. Just get involved because... Our Sunday services basically happen because volunteers make it happen. They all, people are doing so many different things. Volunteer to make it happen. So I want to encourage everyone, get involved 
in, in the Sunday services. Let me make some comments here about the, the format here. You know, right from the very beginning, we decided that our Sunday services will be focused on equipping God's people with the intent of experiencing God's presence. So two things, equipping and experiencing God. We want to focus that, keep that focus right from the very beginning for all our Sunday services. You know, because there were many options. So for example, there was this, in the early days, there was this whole thing about secret sensitive. You know, having secret sensitive services, secret friendly services. Now, it's okay if you do it once in a while. But if you do it every Sunday, especially here in India, you know, Sunday is the day when most people go to church. Right? And if you keep that secret sensitive church every Sunday, people are not going to grow. Right? So we decided earlier on that, you know, every now and then we can do one of those, you know, those... Uh, uh, services that are just geared to reaching souls for the Lord. But what we decide is our Sunday morning service will be on prime time to equip people and experience God. And we want to keep it that way and keep moving deeper and deeper in those dimensions. Are you with me? Because if we can equip God, God's people, they can go and win souls throughout the week. Monday through Saturday, outside, impact lives. Be bold enough to impact lives. So we want to keep that. We don't want to dilute what happens here on Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings would be a solid dose of the word, a, a solid pressing in to experiencing God through the worship and the, through the ministry and everything that happens. We want to press in to more and more of the experience of God. Amen? So that's what we are doing here on our Sunday morning services. We want to keep it that way and keep just getting better in that and helping people experience uh, being really rooted in the word and experiencing God. Our cell groups are, are a very important part of our church uh, Ulas and Indra from the south are, are heading up our cell groups. You know, as we grow numerically, the cell groups are going to become more and more important. Because as the numbers increase, it's very easy to feel lost in the crowds. You come in, not many people know your name, your address, your phone number. In a small group, little flock, it's easy. Everybody knows your name, everybody knows your date of birth and anniversary and everything. But in a crowd, you get lost. But that's where cell groups are so important. Where in a small group setting, you're able to really uh, nurture each other, encourage each other, build each other up. And what we want to see is we want to see every person in the church or every couple in the church leading a cell group. A small group of people, about 12 people in your group, where you nurture them, build them up, send them out so they can start their own groups and work with some more new people, build them up, nurture them, send them out. And just keep working in a small group, nurturing people. Amen? It's going to be a very important part. So I want to encourage all of us to get involved in the whole cell group. Start attending a cell group if you're not attending one already. Or if you feel you're ready to attend, a, uh, start a cell group, then let us know. So that we can bring you into our cell group leaders training, give you the, some guidance on what to do, what not to do. And then start your work and, and begin to disciple people 12 at a time. Disciple them, send them out and, and build. And so everyone can be involved in ministry, in cell group setting. It, it, it's really powerful. We want to see that strengthen over the years as we go along. Uh, several other things are happening at Children's Church. Uh, pastor George Sam has taken over as a, a Children's Church pastor of Central. He's also kind of helping out with our, uh, you know, sharing the curriculum with our Children's Church in the, uh, in the South. And the, the Children's Church is doing great work, building the kids up in the spirit, building them up in the, in the Word of God. But parents, I really want to emphasize, you know, you need to do your part Monday through Saturday outside of the two hours that your kids spend at Children's Church. Amen. Pastor Stephen be the first one to say amen. <laughs> you know, it's great that you bring your children to Children's Church. And they, we, you know, the team there is doing their best to help. But parents, throughout the week, you need to nurture your children up in the Word, in prayer. Just encourage them in little ways to build them up. And, uh, and uh, 
Now others, if you like to get involved in children's church, get involved. And uh, uh, Pastor George is coming up with some uh, with a plan and for this year. So get involved that you could serve in children's church. Uh, our youth ministry, you know, we have um, a talented bunch of young people. Very talented. Pat yourself on the back. Very talented. <laughs> a really, really talented bunch of young people in the church. Um, and uh, many of them are really contributing to the life of this church. I and mean, a lot of what happens in our services and our meetings, so these young people are doing it. And uh, we really want to appreciate Let's give all our young people a big hand. Thank you so much, uh, teens and 20s, you know, for what you are doing uh, in the life of the church, the way you're contributing. And uh, you know, also there's a good sense of community among the young people. A lot of them you know, really bond well together. Most of them are really bond well together. And, and I realize that there are other young people just coming in who need to you know, kind of connect with. And so we'd like to see that happen more. We'd like to see a wider acceptance of all kinds of people among the youth, especially, you know, there is a lot of migration of people, and we've talked about this a lot of a number of times. There's a lot of migration of young people coming in from smaller towns, uh, uh, and uh, uh, they're not so comfortable with the urban mindset as yet. And it'll take some time; they will transition, but at the moment, they're still in a different way of thinking. And whereas we have other young people who have grown up in the city, very urban in their thinking, very Western in their mindsets, in their habits, their practices, and then we have this whole group of young people who are just, just you know come into in the city from town. So what we want to do, see among our young people is uh, this wider acceptance so that it, it, our, our youth is not just catering to um, the urban youth, but also opens up and welcomes uh, the youth who are migrating into our cities and they feel comfortable we, and we need to see that happen. We want to see young people being grounded in the word and things of the spirit. And so that's happening as we are continuing to focus on building them up in the spirit and the word of God. You know that one of the greatest rewards is this, that if young people are here, they nurture in the church, once they leave and if they go, you know, any part of the world, the real test of what happens is if they move to any part of the world, do they really stand strong? You know, because in a comfortable environment like this, you know, you kind of tend to go with the crowd, you're happy and all of that. But if you're taken out of this and put into, you know, New York City, Manhattan, uh, will you stand for Jesus Christ or will you compromise? That's a true test of what happens. So we want to build up young people in such a way that no matter which part of the planet you put them, they will stand for God. Amen. And uh, that's, that's happening here. And uh, also young people, you know, I want to encourage you. Uh, this is the prime time of your life. Get out and serve God. Get out and serve God. Do some daring things, some ridiculous things for God. And uh, when, when you're Staying within the youth, you know, the teens and 20s and all that, it's very comfortable and there's nothing wrong with it. We need that environment to, you know, that nurtures people. But don't stay in the comfort zone. Get out into the world and do something ridiculous for God. Now, and I just want to encourage you some of my own stories. You know, when I came to the Lord, after coming to the Lord as a, as a 13-year-old, I remember going up to my teacher in class and saying, you know, we used to have those two periods of some useful productive work, which... <laughs> nothing really happened. He just sit in class and do nothing. You know. So I said, I might as well use this time. So I told my teacher, Mrs. Sebastian, I said, ma'am, um, can I just use one of these periods to talk to the students? She said, what do you want to talk? And I want to tell them about the Bible. Okay, she gave me permission. So here in my class, in my eighth standard, standing up before the whole class, I spent a whole period just talking to them about Jesus, sharing the gospel with them. And, you know, many of them received Jesus. Then I went to my school chaplain, Father David. I said, uh, Father David, I want to speak in the school chapel. He said, what do you want to speak? You know, you're 13 years old, but what do you want to speak? I said, no, I want to share. I know the four spiritual laws. I want to tell them about the four spiritual laws. Okay, so he gave me two days, chapel assembly. 
So first day I told them, you're all going to go to hell. <laughs> I said, if you want to go to find out how to go to heaven, come back tomorrow. <laughs> so the next day they all came back. And he told them about the way of salvation, how to get saved. You know? I mean, just did some ridiculous things like that. Went to engineering college, Manipal. I said, and, and at that time, Manipal was kind of a dry place, not much happening spiritually. And so I began to pray. I said, God, I've got to do something. And I had kind of holding meetings in the first year, uh, first two years. But then I said, God, I've got to do something that will remain even after I leave, that will affect this place. And, and so God put in my heart to go and, you know, rent a small hall in a hotel, Valley View. Those days, Valley View was like a one-star, two-star, you know, hotel. Now it's uh, improved from there. But so it was easy to kind of rent a hall, rented a hall, started meetings every Saturday. And, and it, you know, it, was, it might have been ridiculous for an engineering student to go out and start something like that. But God blessed it. It grew. I uh, found my wife through it. I mean, what more, you know. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, you know, to, it, the work continues on till today. You know, so you, you need to do some ridiculous things there. And, and, and so young people just get out and do something in your schools, in your colleges, do something for God. I mean, yes, be part of the youth, grow, be nurtured, but affect your world. Do something. Amen. I want to give you the story of Yongi Cho. You know, Yongi Cho was a 19-year-old young man. He was dying of tuberculosis. Doctor said, you have three months to live. He was vomiting blood, continuously ready to die. Born a Buddhist. And here comes a young girl whose name he still doesn't know. And she starts telling him the stories of Jesus. He's on his deathbed and she's telling him stories of Jesus. A young girl. In the beginning, he was very angry. He was born a Buddhist. He was wondering, why is this girl talking about Jesus? He used to, you know, just uh, chase her off. But she kept coming back, telling him the stories of Jesus. And finally, he said, okay, just to get rid of her, I will pray this prayer, receive Jesus, at least he will stop coming. So he prayed the prayer, received Jesus. He gave him a Bible and she stopped coming. But then he started reading the Bible and God healed him. His whole life changed. And God raised that 19-year-old man to raise up the world's largest church in history. More than 700,000 people affecting the whole world. Till today, he does not know the name of the little girl who came and spoke to him about Jesus. So some things that you do, you never know the impact it will have on the world. It may be a little thing, but you never know the impact. Amen. So young people, I want to encourage you, just get out there, do something in your school, college, workplace, serve God, be on fire for God. There are a lot of other things happening in the congregation, our marriage enrichment. Um, Jacob and Anita Chakov, they're there. Um, do you want to stand up, Jacob and Anita? I forgot to mention our youth pastor. Just let me just back up a bit. Okay, God bless you. God, yeah, give them a good hand. Thanks. Um, I just see Ram as a youth pastor. I just wanted you to stand up. Many of you know him right here. Um, Heading up our youth ministry here at Central. Uh, Jacob Bonita are heading up the marriage enrichment. And uh, it's growing. It's getting better and better. So all married couples plug in. That's one way we can give in to the marriages in our church. We want to see that grow and become strong. Um, our ministry to ladies. Um, uh, Godly lives offered willingly. Headed up by my wife Amy. Uh, that's geared towards building up the women in the church. And hopefully that will grow. And she has her plans for that. Um, the equipping workplace ministry. Uh, Raj and Marie were heading up uh, that work to really equip workplace ministers. They've moved on, and I'm kind of temporarily handing, handling that. And we want to see, uh, uh, you know, people in the workplace, in the marketplace, equipped to impact 
uh, their, their area. And one of the things we want to start this year, I'll talk about it a little later, is to start a Seven Mountains initiative where we could uh, you know, have a very a clear-cut strategy to affect the Seven Mountains. I'll talk about that a little later. Our school outreach, Pastor Selena, can you stand up? Uh, she's running a Catalyst program uh, at Ryan. The work is going on. Pastor Stephen goes to Bethesda and Clarence uh, every week. Uh, and we also have an opportunity to minister in Bishop Gordon Boys School. I think Brian Rod is kind of heading that up right now. Uh, our school outreach is a very, very important part because, you know, you, when you, if you can reach people when they're young, they're, they're so open to God, you can sow the seeds that will change their lives forever. Amen? So this year, I haven't told Selena that, but we would like to grow our school outreach to hit at least 10 other institutions. Are you ready, Selena? Now, right now we're doing one, Ryan, but we like it to grow that and, you know, disciple 10 other institutions. Now, you need to get in touch with her and work with her. Amen? So all of you college students, young people, uh, you, you have a heart to, you know, to bring something into your school, your college, get in touch with Selena. You know, if we can target and disciple at least 10 institutions, educational institutions, whether schools or colleges, in our city, that'll be great. Amen. Catch them when they're young. Impact them. So get in touch with Selena. Uh, Karnalaya, home for um, our little girls. Uh, we started in October of 2002 by Mercy. Uh, kind of really began, uh, picked up in early part of 2003. Vika has been our resident home mother from the very beginning. Where is Vika? She must be standing. Vika, can you stand up here? I think I saw your face somewhere here. Oh, there you are. Vika has been our resident uh, mother. She's been a great work. You know, it takes a lot of effort to work with the little children and... Uh, uh, she's been doing a good work. She's, um, she has her assistant with her as well. And, you know, once Mercy left, she moved to the U.S. at that time. I think it was 2003 or four. Then Nancy took over. So Nancy, everybody stand up. Nancy and Dad are now overseeing Karnalea. So if you want to get involved with Karnalea, you know, just meet with Nancy. Work with the little children. Now, we haven't expanded Karnalea yet. Uh, you know, we may not have the capabilities of handling more children. So what we decided to do was just work with these eight girls. Build them up, give them a good future. So that's what we are working. And if you want to get involved there, do that. Our Bible college is going well, training up students, um, publications doing well. I, want to, I won't spend too much time on this because I just want to talk about some of the new initiatives we're doing. Uh, media, that's all our, uh, uh, doing our you know, recordings here on Sunday. Uh, thank, I want to just thank Mike and the others who are helping out with the Jivesh and others who are helping out, Suchi, who are helping out with the, let's give them a good hand. Uh, with the recording and Akash and Kavita recording the audio part there at the back. We just appreciate that. And uh, Prem works silently during the week. He uh, creates the MP3s, put them on our website, creates a CD, sends them out, uh, edits our uh, TV programs. And we have uh, uh, our TV programs, both English and Canada, going out on several channels. Basically, right now, we're covering Karnataka. And uh, we're doing that. And one good news, in, in Barampur, Orissa, uh, Dilip has started a TV program there reaching the people there and uh, he started it off on christmas day he's saying he's very getting good feedback uh, with the tv programs he's doing it in oria he's preaching on the programs on local cable so really happy and excited about that as well um now i just want to kind of talk about some of the new initiatives that we want to see happen this year and i'm sharing all this because i want everyone to connect with one or more areas of ministry get involved because you and i we together we're going to build this work and labor together with the Lord to see His kingdom come. Some of the things we want to see happen this year. Um, the, I'm just giving them different names so we can identify it. And all of this will be up on our website on Monday. Uh, I'm calling this a seven, the Seven Mountains Initiative. 
uh, the equipping workplace ministry. We want to start a, you know, create the Seven Mountains Initiative. Many of you have heard about the Seven mount Mountains or the Seven Mind Molders of society in our city. The mountains of business, education, family, religion, government, arts, uh, arts and entertainment.